Do you know that uh-huh. is the number one thing when I ask people, why do you stand up when the plane uh, like just comes yeah. to a stop? And the number one answer is mm. because I'm tired of sitting and my back hurts. My fucking back hurts too. And I just remain seated until it's Kristen, my turn. Kristen, so I guess Kristen. I just don't buy that. It's just, there's so no. many, just the world revolves Ooh. around. No. Oh. The hollow buddy. This is a disagreement because I think the the guy charging from 15, I row 15 up to eight, that is 10 degrees of bullshit. That is a completely different conversation. I make a charitable assumption about people usually. <laughs> and so <laughs> that brings us the best. That brings us right into our convo about kind of bringing up some of the nuggets, some things to chew on for the listeners of the Hollow Bunny podcast. Some people want to chew on things, some people want to be filled, some people want to marinate. You know, there's all kinds of stuff and you and I recently went to a business forum where we got to listen to some of the world's greatest speakers and one of them said, "Let's make a charitable assumption." So I don't know. Mm, he did. He did. He did. And I yeah. really well, tried to make I guess... take that and make it actionable. <laughs> oh, I always, I really do. I, I am not the negative Nelly that I appear to be right now because I really do look for the best intentions of people. I try to offer people grace, but I travel uh, you know, weekly, uh, maybe, you know, weekly every other week. And this is the, the thing that seems to be occurring all the time. It's hard to give everyone grace and they're not, they're not standing up because they're in pain. They're standing up because they're just selfish and they want to grab their bag and they want to put their butt in everyone's face. So I don't um, know. that is, that's my experience. Maybe yeah. you I don't are know. I'm going to start wearing my t-shirt. Wait, wait. I think a couple things here. Number one, I think you need to give the gift of Kristen and put your ass in somebody else's face. Why are you holding out? <laughs> Yeah, I may take a page out of your book and just stand up and you know, be the one that commands the space. Take it first, basically. Take it first. And but then I'm stand- becoming who I'm trying to not be. No, come on. But then I have this charitable thing. I'm like, would you like me to get your bag, sir? Ma'am, would you like me? Oh, your bag is over it. You want some help? I just stand there and I'm hospitable and just claim my space. But my ass is free. I do love it when people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, that brings me to another thing. So do you ever um, get, I, I found, okay, so I have found in my travels, my observations, and then we'll absolutely start talking about our, our business forum that we attended. Uh, and so I have noticed that there are some lovely humans that travel. So let's look for the, the, the silver lining here, bring out the good. And I do love it when people are standing up and they're, you know, they say, can I get anyone's bag? Uh, but I've noticed that they do target, <laughs> target is a strong word, but they ask individuals who are maybe lady. in their golden years. No, in Little. their golden years, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you know that as of late, and I don't know if maybe I've just oh, aged boy. since turning 50, but do you know that, and I've, but I've always found that lovely. I was like, oh, look at that. They're helping um, the, the elder of us in, in the generation. And suddenly the last three flights I've been on, there's men are like, can I get your bag for you? And I'm all, no, I CrossFit. I can get my own bag. Um, and Just I know it isn't the best in intentions, but thank you. Oh my gosh. I know. But you know that that's my, that's the reason that I started going back to strength training is because if the day that I cannot haul my, my bag, Girl. my carry on above my head in the airline is the day that I'm going to have to start checking a bag. So I never want to be that person. So, but it's so kind. It's very kind. 
It's super sweet. They're being charitable. They're being <laughs> gentlemen. I mean, Ted's from Ted's now in the South. I mean, that's that's a thing. I think it's yeah. kind, right? And it's not saying you it look is. It's frail. Kind. Uh, it's, I think it's so that they can pull your bag off of the, out of the overhead bin and maybe get a glimpse of your bag tag that has your digits on it. Oh, your perhaps. Number, speaking of bags, speaking of bags, and then I promise we'll talk uh, about business, but when, uh, Syl and I, we were in New York, New York together ever so briefly. And, uh, we, we attended this, this very business event and we found ourselves, um, Oh, I don't know, uh, in New York City in the coach store. Because Sylvia, you dragged me into that store, didn't you? I have a bag. Didn't you? You dragged me into that store. I did. Is that what you told your spouse? I yeah, it's true. I dragged you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because you you, A, you showed me your you showed me your backpack. And Mm -hmm. uh, what what's the brand of that backpack? It's a beautiful we, we don't get we don't we don't have sponsors, but to me, if you oh, are yeah, we listening do. and you yeah, we do. would like us to, we, we don't have enough listeners to have sponsors yet. So we're, <laughs> yeah, we do. But we're working on it. But to me, to me and coach, if you are listening, uh, it started with Sylvia's backpack and she showed it to me. And I, I am not, a, I'm not a person that envies. I'm not the compare and despair. And God, I, I want, I wanted that backpack. I wanted to rip it from your body and take it as my own. I wanted to take your little monogram right off of there. And I wanted to make that to me bag my own. And that's really what started it. And then we ended up in the coach store and guess who wasn't going to buy a bag? This guy. You. But what happened, so? What happened? What did you do to me? What did you and the lovely lady in grad school who works at Coach do to me? What was her name? Nancy? Her name was Nancy from Coach. What's up, Nancy, in the Coach store in New York City? New York made City, me buy she's a bag, from California. She's from Southern California. Yeah. Okay, we didn't make you. I said, Kristen, will you? Re- Come on. What's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> you love it. You instantly felt it. You felt a connection with that bag. <laughs> she, she's a beauty on you. That little cross. It, I encourage you yeah, she's to lean a beauty. in and give yeah. yourself a little bit of love. That's what and friends here's are what for. So, okay, so we, we literally bought the same bag and here's why, because I, I spotted this bag and I loved it. But then I was like, no, because I just bought a new house. So I'm trying to, you know, tighten up the bag straps, if you will. And so I said, no, no, ma'am. Kristen Zeman is going to show some restraint here and not buy a coach bag. And, and then I say, bitch, please. Syl <laughs> saw the bag that I was looking at. She was like, oh, that is hot. But starts to like gravitate towards another color, but comes back Wait. to the blue color. Wait. And it looked so good on you. And I encouraged you. Wait, I initially yes. walked do you have up a different... that stairwell. I do have a different version. Mm-hmm. We walked up the okay, stairwell. Go. I saw the one that was kind of like a camo. I thought, oh, that is a, a coach camo. Yeah. I feel kind of sporty yeah. spice, but it's still girly. Uh, but, you know, I could do this. I tried it on. I was like, mm, not really. And then you put the blue one on and it was pow. The room it got popped. dark. There was a spotlight on you. It mm. popped. I said, oh my gosh. You said, I'm not buying it. I said, a disco oh, this, ball. Looks, this is fabulous on me. I'm going to rock this. Put it on, said, I want it. And I looked you in the eyes and you weakened. You. I know. And I'm going to tell weakened. you, can I tell you though? Remember, tell do me. you remember? I no was relieved no because one... remember, 
do you remember, we have no listeners and no sponsors. Do you remember that I was, uh, she said she only had one of those in the back. So when you commandeered it and you, and you were like, do you, you know, if you're not going to do it, I think I might. And then I said, yes. And I was a little relieved because that solved my problem. That solved my dilemma. And then what happened? Nancy comes back and she says, guys, have another I have one. another one in the back. And then it was just too much for me. Okay. It was too much. Yeah. Add to cart. There's a, Add there's a lesson to here. Cart. <laughs> Add to cart and take with. So I'm just going to say something here. There is a big lesson here. Hollow Bunny podcast listeners, big lesson. Okay. So we've had a lot of conversations throughout our podcast about Kristen's quality as a wingman, right? Like Meghan Markle's Fail. best friend introduces her to Harry. She marries a prince. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. Fail. I am an epic fail when it comes um, to, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have no excuse for myself. Well, what are you getting at? What's the lesson here that you're a wing, a bag wing man? What, where, where, how are you going to land this plane? Well, I'm going to land this plane to a vote of our hollow bunny podcast followers. <laughs> Is it, was it, was I a good wingman by saying, Hey, KZ, you can afford it. It's not that expensive. <laughs> it looks fantastic. You want a bag that doesn't look like, like a workout fanny pack. This can be business. It can be fun. It can be yeah. everything. It, and come on, what's the worst thing that could happen using your thing? Can or I am I an you? awful wingman because you spent a couple hundred bones? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. Tell me. Nobody can I just tell you how much, how much I love that bag. I look at it every day. I have no buyer's remorse, but I also have to tell you that I was a sneaky, a sneaky little brat because I took a picture of you posing with it and I sent it to my wife and I didn't tell her that I actually got one. I just said, look what Syl bought. <laughs> and, then I, and then I just came home and just started using it. I sort of like put it in the other room and then she looked at mm. it. She said, did you get Wait, I thought Syl bought the bag. I was like, oh, no, um, I did too also. <laughs> I used to do that. So I'd have busted, stuff shipped but... to work. I'd have it shipped to work and then I'd sneak <laughs> it into the class. Yeah, there's, okay. But... And then, you know what's funny? But you know what's funny about that is she doesn't care. She said, why, well, why didn't you just tell me? She's like, well, I don't care. I don't know. See, and I know that, but I, instead I still felt, I think that was me. You know how like that, like it, it's really yeah. just, it's us yeah. that I feels guilty. And so I felt guilty for buying it because she's like, why would you think I care if you bought a bag? You can buy whatever you want. But yeah, anyway, but let's, let's talk about, <laughs> you know okay. what? This is actually, this is a great segue. No, this is a great segue into the world business forum that we attended. 100%. Because, um, so Nancy coach customer service that that woman I would have bought any bag in there because she was just so personable right so one of my takeaways uh, at the World Business Forum was the guy who was a speaker who was talking about hospitality Will, Will Gadara <gasps> oh, you crush on him right? I was the, like the, what are we uh, what. Given our our backgrounds, we were both chiefs of police. You're still in a leadership role. I own my own company. So do you. Uh, I was really, I was so focused on, you know, Ginny Rometty, IBM's first female CEO and uh, um, Marshall Simon Goldsmith. Sinek. Oh, Marshall Goldsmith. Simon Look, Sinek. Got his book. Got oh. his book. Oh. Yes. Marshall okay. Marshall Goldsmith. And, okay. 
And the one, the speaker that I cannot stop thinking about was, uh, was Will Gadara. And he wrote a book, uh, and he's a game changer in hospitality and business. And so can we talk a little bit about that service and, and just how that translates into leadership? Cause okay. I loved it. You are listening listeners to the hollow bunny podcast prepare yourself because we're going to bring it. We're going to talk about what Will Godara talked about. And then when we left that event after the coach store, after we had our shopping extravaganza, we found a little Italian place where the people actually did what Will Godara was talking about. And we witnessed it firsthand. And we're going to talk about that. Are you ready? Oh my gosh. There's so many lessons that I took away from that about uh, just Bring we're it. all in service industries. You know, law enforcement is a service industry. And, you know, a lot of times we fall short in there. And I recognize that as, you know, we're supposed to protect and serve. And that service part sometimes gets lost in, you know, when when officers, uh, and I've been there where it's like, wow, this is the, you know, seventh report I've taken today. And I'm just yep. not feeling like, you know, being very personable. And then you have to remember, you know, that every person that you come across, you know, is fighting their own battle. And that might be the first time they've ever experienced something. You know, so service is just so broad when we talk about where our prospective professions are. He happens to be in the hospitality business, but the lessons transcend, don't you think? Yes. And you know, Kristen, he said a couple things that I wrote down because I wanted to remember them. He said the top has a lot of authority and a little information. The bottom has a lot of information and a little authority. And do you remember both of yes, us going, how, oh, <gasps> we just, we gasped, we gasped. So how do we, we cascade yeah. communication? How do we then create a space where we have decentralized decision-making that we give decision-making and authority to those at the, the lower parts of the hierarchy to amplify the service and the work that we do. And he gave a couple examples right. of that. He did. And I love them and I'm, I'm stealing them. And one of them he calls touch points. Touch points have a major impact. Touch points are very simple. He, if when you look at a restaurant and you know using this as the correlation, you know the 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 people on the floor of the restaurant who see yeah. the most and hear the most are the 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 bussers. They bust the table, they clear the table, and they're the ones hearing all of the conversations. So he brings them in and says, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Well, what touch points can we have? So he gets input from the, the first line. I mean, it's almost too easy to make this, this symbolic metaphor where we don't get enough input. We don't take the time to get input from our first line employees. And I'll tell you, in my career, those have been my major failures. When I I've made a decision sitting at my conference table with the command staff and I've gotten feedback from officers that say, uh, wow, you're so removed from the street. Did you think this through? And, you know, and they come back with, you know, this amazing piece of wisdom that I hadn't even considered because I hadn't been on the street for, uh, for a long time. And so it takes time and that's why leaders don't do it. I think because to get input, to, to get those touch points, um, they really don't take the time to do it because it's, it's hard. We're, you know, we're busy going to meetings, but the truth is that's bullshit. Everybody can okay. make time. Okay. Here's another point about that. Let's put, pull on this thread, Kristen, because when he said that I, I was back uh, at work sometime later and one of the frontline deputies 
took met with someone who had all this ammunition to turn over. Now, are our frontline law enforcement folks responsible for receiving ammunition from people like after someone dies? This guy was an estate guy. So here he was uh, cleaning out this home after for a family after someone died. He had all this ammunition. He calls a local agency. They take some. But then the guy comes to us and says, I have so much more. He had like 24,000 rounds of ammunition from the guy that died that he wanted to dispose of. Our frontline deputy made a decision to provide the service to not only the family to dispose of the ammunition, but then also for the safety of the neighborhood and for the community and to dispose of it. And so immediately I thought where I am, holy crap, we're under no obligation to do that. What's the expense? What is the cost? But this deputy did the right thing in the in with the view, the vision, the kind of heart for service. And that was one of those things that did he have the authority to do that? Well, yeah. Is there a rule or standard or policy that says what he should do in that situation? No. But what it reflected was our trust for the folks that have a lot of of the information that are out in the field. He did what was right and there was nothing but positive consequence. I had a ton of questions afterwards about what is this costing us? Does it cost the taxpayers anything? And our incredible people went out and found somebody who would provide the service to dispose of all this ammunition in a safe way at no expense. Isn't that an example of so some of that? It it is. And, and you know what you're bringing up as an example of all of the altruistic, um, you know, acts of, of kindness that officers do. And what this speaks to me is about going that extra mile. And I think that's what the lesson here is, is that there is most certainly the thing that we can do to check the box. But for me, great service are, are those people that go the extra mile. And that's, you know, what his talk was about is that, you know, these small touch points have major impact. And if you think about it really wasn't that majestic of an act to take this. It was, you know, it was like, it was, you know, he had to go a little bit extra and do a little bit over, you know, what, you know, the, his quote job description was, but that to me, those are the people that I want to surround myself with. Those people that look at this situation and they say, what's the best possible outcome here? I could check the box and I could go on my merry way. I've done nothing wrong by not going, you know, above and beyond. But when you leave people with that feeling of, wow, I feel like I have had the best possible service here. And for me, that is like raindrops make oceans. They, they really do. <laughs> and, and I, I, and I also wrote down from that. It's cool to care is that it's like that apathy and that yeah. disease of indifference. The disease of indifference is the biggest disease that we need to fight. And so it's just cool to care. It's cool to care about leaving the people with whom you interact, you know, with a feeling that, man, that they, they, you walk away and they say, wow, that was excellent service. So that was my takeaway. And it was just so unexpected. Totally unexpected. And then the, then we left, we walked in the bitter, you know, in the, the, I won't say bitter, the bitter cold, but the fantastic streets of New York. And then uh, we meandered and we had the experience we had that we described a bit ago about our retail kind of extravaganza. Then we went and we found a little, a little Italian place and we're sitting there eating our food. And for our listeners, imagine just kind of in the area of Broadway 
And here's Kristen and I from the elation of being inspired and listening to folks that are doing the work. And then by meeting this cool little retail genius at the coach store. And then we're in this small little Italian place. And there was a couple armed with kind of, armed with our coach bags, armed with our new yes, coach bags. Yes. And feeling joy. <laughs> uh, and this couple, this man and this woman uh, were sitting kind of near us. And the man kept looking at me because we were laughing. I, you know, we were doing our thing. And he said, you two are having fun or something. And so we found out, we struck up a conversation, surprising. They're from Oklahoma. They're here on this great trip to New York and having a great time. They're about to go to a show. And here's what we experienced. The, the wait staff was talking with this couple, found out they're from out of town. They had this glass of Chianti the man had finished. And the, gen, the manager or someone came over and said, oh, how, how was your meal? And the guy said, this Chianti, was, this was fantastic. The guy left, got him another glass and came back, said, this is on us. We hope you have a fantastic time. And do you remember oh, what we were Godard talked oh. about with that? And then what <gasps> these folks said, their impression of this meal and this experience that they had. Yes. So I loved this. So one of the things that, that Will talked about was uh, when you have, and, and he, by the way, has a very expensive restaurant. So we're talking, you know, Michelin rated, uh, you know, three times over and top restaurant in the world. And so what he determined was there's always going to be that, that you can have this glorious meal, but then there comes the time and it's the inevitability of receiving the check. So what could they do to make that a more pleasurable experience? So they came up with this idea is they would bring over a bottle of cognac and with a couple shot glasses. So whoever was at the table, they would set down the check and they would say, here's the, here's the check for this evening, but no hurry. And here's a bottle of cognac. They poured a couple you shots of your cognac time. And, he, uh, and take your time. And you sit here and, and you sip on that cognac. And what he found was that people then associate the check, first of all, not negatively. Second, uh, he said, remember he said, he said, most people only just take that, the couple little sips, they pay the bill and they go. He said, that's the majority. He said, some people will polish off the bottle, but then at that point they're having a great night. So it doesn't matter. But he said, it's an investment that they provide to, to make people feel, you know, so we're not rushing you because that's the worst thing in a restaurant when you feel like, you know, a table's getting turned over. So then we hear this talk and then we go and have this wonderful meal. We witness this in real life is here's the check. Here's another glass. We're like, wow. And I am now so, are you so in tune to this? Every time I go to a restaurant now, I am watching all of the nuances that he brought up in his talk about service and about making people feel like they are, are so special. And it's just the coolest thing. It service is an, an, an yeah. amazing thing and how it makes you feel great service. Yeah. And it translates into every single uh, business, right? Every single business has really this does. touch point, this opportunity. And, you know, he said it's a complimentary bottle of cognac, right? And so there wasn't this added tension and expense. And you know what? Being kind, it, it, this shit's free. And just that one little and, expression, oh. right? 
Yes. And he said, uh, he said that, and we've always known this, you know, when you talk about reciprocity is, you know, you've done something nice for me. I do Mm -hmm. something nice for you. And sometimes we kind of fall into those expectations of, oh, I have to do X because you, you, you were kind to me when real genuine service and giving is not transactional. It is, you know, here is this thing I expect absolutely nothing in return. And that's such a great feeling. And that also translates into great service as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, come on, everyone, you're listening to the Hollow Bunny podcast and you just got a little bit of filling for your bunny. A little bit of filling. A little bit of filling. Yeah. So by the way, I was uh, speaking in Illinois yesterday at uh, the Bloomington PD, uh, Bloomington Police Department, and the chief there, uh, shout out to Chief Jamal Symington. Uh, He he brought me in to uh, talk leadership to his executive staff. And then he asked me if I would be interested in... um, meeting with all of his female officers for a little, a little dinner. So I broke bread with the female officers and, uh, chief Simmington teed it up. He said, why don't you tell everybody about the hollow bunny podcast? And so, uh, it was, it was a cool thing. So he was a listener. So we have another bunny, but so it was really cool. And it's, they do what they all do. They do what they all do. What the hell does a hollow, what's what's that mean? A hollow bunny. And I explained to them, you know, I said, tell me, do you know a person who is in a position, uh, that has no substance? that has no filling. They're just, you know, an empty suit. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, that's the hollow bunny. So I gave you cred still and talked about the hollow bunny, but it's just so funny to watch people's faces when it's what's, what the hell is the hollow bunny podcast? Well, this is what it is. Right. I think what it does is talking about filling our bunny. Right. And you and I are getting better at just describing it in a smaller way. I mean, let's hear it for Tunny. Less words. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then words. it's, it's yeah. a shout out Too to our words. friend Jet. She said, be more um, essence than detail. But in this way, be more detail than <laughs> essence. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so, you know, with, you know what was doubt. also funny? So I, I have to bring up something that I thought was pretty hilarious because cops will totally get this. Um, so when we were at the World Business Forum, we were it was it was Marshall Goldsmith that when he was speaking and hey we love him so this is not a shot uh, against love Goldsmith him. you're holding his book he's brilliant but we you know, we're sitting in the audience at this thing you know and we've you know paid a lot of money for these tickets and he says okay everybody uh, turn to a stranger go find a stranger in the audience and cops you guys will so get this Syl and I looked at each other and we were like oh hell no we're absolutely not doing that we are not doing that we are not participating. <laughs> any kind of role playing whatsoever. And we crossed our arms and we were such bad sports. And I kind of feel bad about that, but it was really what? funny. So yesterday there's this, there's the moral to the story. So yesterday when I was speaking, uh, you know, I deliver my keynotes and right at the beginning, I don't know, I just felt like making a funny joke. I said, so, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit. And I said, and then we're going to, we're going to role play. And you should have seen all the cops like cross their arms and rolled their eyes. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) But I mean, we hate that more than anything. I I just hate role-playing. I don't like breaking out into little groups. Like I am there to, I am responsible for my own learning. And I just want to take notes on the things that I, you know, that that are interesting to me. But yeah, you and I both, we are are so bad. We looked at each other. We're like, nope, not doing that. And we went out and got a donut or something. Right. It's like, really? (laughs) Bitch, that ain't going to happen. And if if you break out an easel chart or a flip chart, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, you can suck it. Me. Yeah, everyone yeah. break into small groups and then someone report out. I just, I, I, I actually hate that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I may be this may that may be an unpopular decision or unpopular Didactic. opinion, but I yeah. just, I, I just don't. And I know that there's a way to learn. So I'm sorry to educators who use that. I just, it's not for me. I'm just, I like to learn at my own pace uh, and take what I need from things. So well, yeah, there's you that. Know, that had nothing to do with nothing. Oh, that's awesome. I do love that you did that to them. All right, everybody, we're going to talk a little bit and then we're going to share, we're going to embrace each other and then we're going to do some role play. Kidding. Yeah. yeah no poker awesome. faces, no poker faces there. Well, I'm yeah. sh- so I'm what sure... else? Anything else stick out at you oh. from there? All right, girl. So, you know, Marshall Goldsmith wrote, what got you here won't get you there. I've read a lot of his stuff. I found him quite remarkable. He's got, you know, he's, from UCLA PhD. I just really, I really like him. There's two things that came out, a couple things that came out of there, his talk that really encouraged me. I bought his book, The Earned Life, and I'm diving into this book and it's quite meaningful for me. And I want to offer a couple of nuggets for our, the, our hollow bunny listeners and our hundreds of sponsors will be really excited by this as well. Um, on this, in this book on page 70, he says this, deciding what you do each day is not the same as who you want to be right now is not the same as who you want to become. And I found that I'm churning on that and what that means. It's what I want to do, who I want to be right now and who I want to become. It's a very interesting thing. And some people, you know, you and I are in our fifties, right? And we are still really finding meaning and this intellectual curiosity and we are observers and participants, actors, witnesses to a bunch of this leadership stuff and then offering it back in this podcast. The other thing that he talked about, he made this distinguishing statement where there's a a one trick genius. It's not the same as the kind of pejorative kind of insult of a one trick pony. That's like you only have one thing you rely on. So let's toss that aside. He offers that the one trick genius is someone who finds that one thing that they are so good at. And I couldn't help but think of you, Kristen, because like a, he says, like a loaf of bread that has a whole bunch of slices. These are all the things that we experience throughout our lives, throughout our careers. We are trying each of these things like a slice and we get rid of a few that we're like that doesn't resonate for me i'm not really great at that and when we can narrow down to that one amazing thing that one slice that is actually the generous gift that we can give the world that we are so inspired by and it's that one thing that we can focus on that really amplifies our contribution And I couldn't help but be moved Mm. by that because he said, like, you know, kind of uh, it takes a long time for bread to bake. So it takes a long time for us to figure out what are those one or maybe two things that we are so good at that we want to continue pursuing. We want to then give to the world in that way with that one thing. And it takes a long time. Right. Is that what does that do for you? Sylvia, do you think. Do you, I don't know when that book came out, but that's literally the last line in my book is, you know, figure out how you can find, you know, your talents and figure yes. out how you can serve the world. Do you think Marshall Goldsmith stole my idea? I think, I think well, maybe. I can't help uh, but, but think it's not a, yeah, it's, 
Let's check published he dates. May have. Let's check published dates because you know he, what? He, he um, wrote this in he's 2020. Gonna so, yeah. my, he's going to hear from my attorney. He's going to hear from my attorney, Amber Mondock. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, our, our previous Hello Bunny guest. Uh, we yeah, need he's to gonna talk hear from my attorney. Amber. Okay, but wait. Okay, but listen, I, I, wait, yeah, we do. We do because she's the best. But here's the thing um, I love that so much. I think that so much is drilled into our heads about find your passion, you know, and that's kind of what I was trying to challenge in the book is in my book is yeah, you, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe finding your passion um, is maybe not the, the target that we're looking for, but it's find the thing that you are so good at it and use it to serve the world. How can you best serve the world with your talents. And that's why, you know, I mean, and you know, I've got kids in, in their twenties and I keep telling them, say yes to everything, do yep. everything. I mean, like if I could do it all over again and I've loved my career, but I wish, you know, I could have experienced so many other things to figure out what that thing was. So do everything to find the thing. Yep. Right. And you know what? It's kind of this argument that we have all the time. Is it better to be a generalist or a specialist? And so be a, a, be a generalist, question. right? Be a generalist early in your life. Why yeah, not? That's and that's right. one thing I loved about my career in, in a large uh, police organization is I could move about every three years and really earn mm -hmm. a new spot in a new place. I mean, we all know, you know, you spend the time in, in, in our field, you spend your time in field operations and you get good at that and then you become a training officer. And in my case, I then went to a specialty alcohol beverage control unit. Uh, I taught at the academy. I got to be the worst undercover prostitute in the history of policing. Like <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible hoe. So I took that slice of hoe out of my out of my loaf and I threw it away. I wasn't good at that. I was terrible at narcotics, terrible. Threw that away and then just started finding that that loaf is that generalist and it's such an interesting visual right and then narrow to what really speaks to what we're freaking good at and what lights our soul right yeah you bring up something pretty interesting there and you've just you've just literally filled a gap for me that I had because I've always had some, you know, this envy of those in corporate America, uh, that, or at least this curiosity of like, how can you, you just, you jump from one place to another. That's so interesting. You keep your job for three, four years, and then you move on to something different, you know, yep. either, uh, in a, in a, in a different company or even in a different field or, you know, related altogether. And I've always been so intrigued by that. And, and, and I was thinking, gosh, and I've done the same thing for 30 years, but the truth is, is no, I haven't. And you're so right. Every three years I got to the point where I was like, wow, I want to become a field training officer. I want to challenge myself. So I think that's a really important point to make is that even if you are in one organization, there are many ways that you can still stay a generalist mm -hmm. to find the thing that you love, to find your niche. And, you know, right. I think that most of us, we carve out this niche for ourselves. And, you know, when we fall into it as though this is our thing, when really we should be out there experimenting with so many different different tasks, different jobs, you know, putting ourselves out there so we can determine what the thing is that we're really good at. Well, look at our one of our previous guests. We've had so many amazing guests. Um, no, not Oprah, Dolly Parton, or The Rock. I mean, they're whatever. But amazing guests like In your Esquire, Miss, uh, our, your attorney. Do we want to say her actual business name? 
it's well it's mondoc law so yeah our name is amber mondoc so we can go ahead and plug that mondoc law uh, i'm gonna amber. i'm gonna ask for i'm gonna ask for royalties Gonna, I should be on their marketing team. Well, yeah. I, I've, I've never should. plugged a lawyer before. It's so interesting. I've, I've never, <laughs> you know, it's like I sell products, you know, I'm like, oh, I love this product. And here I You're am selling like, a service. you need to use my attorney. She's, well, she's amazing. Right. My attorney's so amazing. So think about this. And Sally's amazing. This. Her wife is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So okay. go ahead. This just all kinds of amazing, questionable football teams, but amazing people. So I think one of the, you know, something interesting is, you know, you look at this in terms of other fields, healthcare. So you go to med school and then they refine a specialty and they become, you know, a generalist at medicine, right? But then they find that one thing, that, that um, motivation, that inspiration, the strategy, the tactics then drive them toward the specialty, whether it's you know, eyes or pancreas or you know, endocrinology or hepatology, whatever it is, right? And then they become really fucking good at it. And then look at Amber. She was this high, high-powered, badass attorney at a firm, and then she made the leap. And now look at this specialty, this niche that she's carving out to become the yeah. best of the best in that area. Doesn't it follow the natural progression of life, right? It, uh, it really does. And then that you know, also speaks to service as well. I mean, that's sure. the reason that you hear me plugging her because it's, you know, for, you know, there's there and there's seemingly small needs, estate needs and real estate needs, you know, and that's a niche, you know, it, it's, it's transactional law, but it's also as a customer, as I've said, I've walked away feeling very cared for. And I think that is truly the lesson, whether it's hospitality and leadership, whether it's Goldsmith, you know, or, or Will talking about hospitality, it's, you know, did we do our our very best, you know, to provide that service. And if you are those giving the service, you know, how did you come? That's your gift. That's your yeah. talent and hone yeah. that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, Goldsmith great. talks in his book also on page 73, for those of you that are going to read it, he talks about action, ambition, and aspiration. And this is really an important piece that I'm really churning on a lot. Action, he says, is what we're doing now, like I talked about, um, ambition mm -hmm. is what we want to achieve and aspiration is who we want to become and so i think that's part of as a generalist you kind of figure that out and then you determine what steps you're going to take to become the person that you want to become that's not just about work it's about how you show up in this this amazing one life we have to live so you're listening to yeah. the hollow bunny podcast you've had a few things to to churn on and and you know, Kristen, you and I spent some amazing time as kind of students of this space to really think about, to turn on, to be inspired by others that might just change our field of view, might just change kind of how we focus. And like you said, something that has come up for both of us, we leave, we left that with some new mm. things to think about, new things to observe, new mm. things to put into action where we serve, where we are in a space where people give their time and their energy to us to then want to evaluate self and to then show up differently, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is also about, you know, 
making sure that we stay curious. You know, we, we went to this event and, and, you know, I, I wanted to go there because I, I, I speak for a living. That's what I do. I go and I stand on stages and I speak and I want to get better. I want to learn from the very best. I did learn, you know, never to, you know, break people out and make them, uh, meet strangers and role play. Uh, but I want to do that. And so, and then we, we absorbed all of this content. And I think their lesson here also is, you know, we really didn't have to go do that. We're pretty secure in our careers and where we've been and where we're going. And yet this was a need for us to go get better and to, you know, make sure that we are in a growth mindset and not a fixed mindset. Totally. Where, yeah, we know, we know. Cool. Great. But let's, let's learn some more shit. And man, we walked away from that event and we were like, we just wanted to set the world on fire. You know, I came back and I started writing more and it just, all of the people that made me think about, you know, life and leadership and service. And, you know, one thing Goldsmith said is that there is a path to wherever it is you're going when you decide, you know, what it is, is to set clear goals and to make progress towards those goals. And a lot of people think that they have to do something so, you know, monumental when the truth is, is that it's our job to get 1% better. What little thing makes progress towards your goals? If you're just trying to lose weight, you want to lose that last five, 10 pounds, pick one thing, you know, don't tomorrow wake up and go, I'm only going to eat, you know, salad, you know, just pick one thing that you know that you could cut out. That's, you know, 1% better. And the same is true for what we're pursuing in, in our personal lives and in our, our business world and our professional lives, just make little steps towards those goals. And, and you know what I loved in the middle of it? He, he also said, find meaning. And he said, build positive relationships. And that's also true because what we have found is that human connection matters above all else yep. at the end of our careers then our titles are going to fall away and who we are left with are the, are the relationships. But here's what he said right in the middle of that, of, of that formula. Be happy. Just stop, look around and say, wow, this is really cool. You know, we're learning to stop and just be happy instead of always trying to climb the mountain and looking ahead, yeah. just stop for just a moment, be happy, celebrate the, what you have achieved, you know, celebrate the small yeah. achievements and keep going. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to end this my contribution here with a few things. So, all of that underscore period exclamation point whatever, right? Bravo, Kristen. The other thing I have to say is to spend that time in that space with you and to really just spend that time with you enriched my soul and inspired me quite a bit. And you're incredible a credible and incredible human. And I'm going to leave our, our listeners on with my part with this. Page 214, Marshall Goldsmith says this, credibility is a reputational quality earned over time when people trust you and believe what you say. And Kristen, I have witnessed you speak. You are credible. I had recently some of uh, the folks that attended the Women Leaders in Law Enforcement Conference uh, we all attended it together this year and they got to hear you speak and they bought your book and a couple of them said, I couldn't put it down and I feel like I can tackle the world because of what Kristen wrote and her experience and how she shared it. You are credible and incredible. You're a joy and you have filled my bunny today, young lady. And I'm guessing the listeners of the Hollow Bunny 
podcasts uh, will feel the same way on the other side of this. I hope they've enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, buddy. I loved spending time with you. You know, this was so great for us to be together and uh, to buy bags together. And uh, what a good friend you are, because when I was unpacking my bag and getting out my toiletries, I sliced my finger, uh, the top of my finger on my razor. And so you are such a great caregiver. You have, if, if anybody is ever around Syl and there is some sort of ailment, I was bleeding out. I think, I mean, I only had about Literally. three minutes left to live. I'm pretty sure. And it was, Syl, you just, it's getting very dark. Oh my God. It's, it was getting dark though. It was, everything was blurring around the edges and mm. I was, mm. uh, I was in shock. And plus my, my blood was thinner because I had had two whiskeys. Um, and so I'm sure that was part of the problem. Um, and the reason it happened and you sprung to action and in your bag, you had 42 different sizes of band-aids and you kept changing my sutures. Um, I really didn't get stitches, but you kept changing my bandages throughout our, our days together. And yeah, you're just a, you're a heck of a caregiver, but I loved, I'm, I'm all jokes aside. I loved spending time with you and I just love leaning into life with you and to be curious yeah, about it all. Awesome. And I love learning. I love learning from you. So thank you so much. So listen, bunnies, Thank you for showing up today and to our, our millions of listeners and to our, our 48 sponsors, sponsors. Um, <laughs> one of which is the NFL. Um, Taylor Swift <laughs> is one of our sponsors. We have so many sponsors and thank you so much. We were going to so be on the cover much. of Time Magazine <laughs> with her. Oh, and it was, it was just it's too much to look she, at. We were like, so no. She chose the kitten. Yeah. What if? Well, I mean, we said, Tay, we said Tay. We said, Tay, Tay, this is your moment. You take this moment, Tay. And so we gave it to her. But, and you'll also note that during our podcast, we don't, you know, we don't pause to shout out our sponsor because that can be annoying, but just know that we have all of them. We've got all the Fortune 500 sponsors, but, um, so we want you to know that we're glad that you're here and we hope that we have helped fill your bunny today. Uh, Ted Madden, thank you for producing this podcast. And thanks to Jake Zeman, my son, and his friends, Fabian and Zoe, for writing the song that you're about to hear on the jingle of our podcast. If you like us, please subscribe. Please like it. Please review it. Please tell everyone you know about it. If you don't like it, well, then what the hell do you know about podcasts anyway? <laughs> um, keep filling Just your own buddies with substance. <laughs> Just suck it and move on. <laughs> Just go find another pod. Go find less. Keep filling your own buddies with substance and please keep adding substance to others and to the world. Thanks for coming. Thanks, everyone. When you look inside, what do you find? Are you content to fall behind? When you lose your way and you pause, why have courage and get ready to fight the hollow buddy? Fight the hollow buddy. And we all feel hollow sometimes. But the monsters are only in your mind. It's a tough pill to swallow, but if you're brave and kind, you'll be alright. If you fight.